0: Well, hello. I sincerely hope you are hanging in there. I gotta tell you, I don't know. (laughs) It's been a struggle this week. It's been a hard one. And you know what? It's okay to have hard weeks. It really, really is. I'm trying to lean into that a little bit more nowadays. There are so many things that happen and hit us at unexpected times and unexpected ways and there are times that things just fall apart and I just wanted to reach out and give you a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of hope because if things are falling apart and there's very little you can do about it Stand in that for a while. Do your shadow work. Realize you can't control everything. During that time, take care of your mind, take care of your heart, and just take care of the things you can take care of. Now, there are some things that you can't take care of. Okay fine hopefully those things will pass and you can move on to the next thing but there are some little things some little annoying things that you kind of feel like you can't do a whole lot about but there sometimes our little steps that you can take one of those in particular this week that we're going to talk about is hard water random not exactly so sit back relax, and get into this informative episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so you can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad PJ Brown. The artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child, the one who's done it the hard way for decades. And now I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. And if this sounds like you grab your pen and grab your scratch pad, and let's figure this crap out together, right here at Beauty Reform School. Before we get started, I have some tacks I'd like to brass. Now that we're here in November, it won't be long before we start shopping for gifts for our loved ones, and yes, even treating ourselves. But there's some things that you should keep in mind. Due to the current supply chain issues we're facing in the United States, it's important to plan accordingly. You might think that it doesn't affect the things that you're going to purchase, but it trickles all the way down. For example, hotel and motel prices are up 25.5%, steaks are up 24%, and even eggs are up 12%. Worst of all, gas is up 50%. And the United States Postal Service has already announced that mail is moving at a glacial pace. And yes, even delivery services like Amazon are struggling to keep up. Why am I bringing all this up? Because you know I like you to stay informed. And the more you know, the better you can prepare. So, how does that, re- <laughs> how does that what does that have to do with beauty? If there are any beauty products that you need to buy or anything else for that matter that requires delivery, plan ahead. Figure out what you need and order what needs to be delivered as soon as possible. If you want to have gifts delivered in time for the holidays, I suggest you hop to. And if there's something that you want to send someone, I suggest you do the same. Um... Yeah. Oh, 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 yes. While you're at it, this would be a great time to do a quick inventory of your beauty supplies and order the things that are running low by the time, because by the time they run out, it may be too late to get your replacements if you don't. All right? Well, all right. Then let's get on to the episode. Well,. tiktok still terrifies me but i have found some amazing resources there one of which is the cosmetic chemist i have already reached out to him but i'm sure he's very used to being reached out to and is probably very busy but i hold on to hope that one day he will write me back so i can bring him on the podcast and talk to him because he is a treasure I want you guys to do me a favor and I want you to tag the cosmetic chemist tell him to listen to beauty reform school and tell them that I want to talk to him tell him go get him (laughs) because he will blow your mind I'm telling you while we wait I have snatched some things from his tiktok that I thought were very useful and I'd like to share with you today strap in cuz it's something else so one of the things is that he said is there's an 80% chance that you're walking around with chalk in your hair right now because most of America and part of Great Britain has what's called hard water hard water is high in calcium carbonate, which is also known as chalk. As it dries, it clings to the hair strands and causes it to become dull and brittle. And if you're wondering how to figure this out, you'll probably find it on a residue, on your pots and pans, perhaps your shower head. I find that if you're buying a lot of CLR to clean these things, there's probably a very good chance that you have hard water. Now, they do have special filter shower heads that you have to change the filter out every few months, but um, that might not be the route that everyone wants to choose. And if you want to choose, if you want to go the cosmetic route, then you could do a clarifying shampoo or a, I don't even know how to pronounce this, chelating, it's C-H-E-L-A-T-I-N-G. Chillating, I guess. We're going to say that for now. It's like chillaxing. (laughs) Chillating shampoo. We're going to say that for now. Um, That thoroughly um, rinses out that kind of water out of your hair. But be mindful because overuse can strip the follicles and make them just as brittle, just like a clarifying shampoo. Water chillators, they're special ingredients that break up the hard water deposits. Okay. Um, All right. My next piece of information um, is from Wiki, and I do want to point out that just about everyone I know uses Wikipedia, and I suggest that you do too if you haven't yet, but I did also want to point out, just give them a small donation every so often when you go on by. It helps keep them running and it helps keep them up. This is not a sponsored um, comment. It's just a fact and it is great to just reach in and send a little gift from time to time just to keep them running because they certainly keep us all in research land running for sure. All right, wiki. Hard water is water that has high mineral content in contrast with soft water. Now hard water is formed when water percolates through deposits of limestone, chalk, or gypsum, which are largely made up of calcium and magnesium carbonates, bicarbonates, and sulfates. Hard drinking water may have modern health benefits. It can pose critical problems in industrial settings where water hardness is monitored to avoid costly breakdowns in boilers, cooling towers, and other equipment that handles water. In domestic settings, hard water is often indicated by a lack of foam formation when soap is agitated in water and by the formation of limescale in kettles and and water heaters. Wherever water hardness is a concern, water softening is commonly used to reduce hard water to reduce hard water's adverse effects. Natural rainwater snow, and other forms of precipitation typically have low concentrations of mm, multivalent cations such as calcium and magnesium and they may have small concentrations of ions such as sodium chloride and sulfate derived from wind action over the sea. Now where precipitation Falls in drainage basins that are formed of hard, impervious, and calcium poor rocks, only very low concentrations of multivalent cadence are found, and the water is termed soft water. Example In the UK, including Snowdonia in Wales and the Western Highlands in Scotland, areas with complex geology can produce varying degrees of hardness of water over short distances. Mm -hmm. A collection of data from the United States found that about half the water stations tested have hardness over 120% per liter of calcium carbonate equivalent, placing them in the categories hard or very hard. The other half were classified as soft or moderately hard. More than 85% of American homes have hard water. Just so you know. So if you're wondering, is it me? Probably. 85% probability. The softest waters occur in parts of New England, South Atlantic Gulf, Pacific Northwest, and Hawaii regions. Moderately hard water... are are common in many of the rivers of the Tennessee, Great Lakes, and Alaska regions. Hard and very hard waters are found in some of the streams in most of the regions throughout the country. The hardest waters greater than 1,000 ppm are in streams in Texas, New Mexico, Kansas, Arizona, Utah, parts of Colorado, Southern Nevada, and Southern California. All right, so if that's some of you, count yourself lucky, but for the rest of us, we have more work to do. Now, I'm sure at this point, aside from you thinking that I've lost my mind talking about hard water, I have my reasons and we're getting to them. How does hard water affect your body? Incidences of eczema and psoriasis are far more common in hard water areas, but even if you're not suffering with those, you can still feel the effects. Minerals being left to dry on the skin may clog pores, cause dryness, trigger breakouts, flaking, and itching. Aside from just upsetting the delicate skin barrier, hard water saps the skin of moisture, hence why it's so problematic for everyone suffering with a dermatitis type condition. To combat the effects, you need to start stockpiling. Oh, wait, <laughs> it says you need not start stockpiling bottled water to bathe in instead Dr. Bunting suggested I recommend blotting the skin gently after you get out of the shower rather than vigorously drying and the shower should be kept brief and tepid, not hot. Now I'll be the first person to tell you that I enjoy a hot shower. I will tell you that even though I know with my whole mind that hot showers are probably the worst and especially for those of us with dry skin, it's terrible. But I cannot abide a tepid shower. So I try to keep my showers brief if I, if at all possible. But I cannot do a tepid shower. I really, really can't. It's just too, I don't know. I just can't. I can't. So for people like myself as well as others with drier skin and issues like that applying a generous layer of a ceramide enriched moisturizing cream to the body to seal in the moisture while skin is damp post shower is key. Using lotion while the skin is still damp interrupts the process of those minerals settling on the skin while ceramides are vital lipids they can help restore the skin barrier. Okay. Nice. So the big question probably at this point for some of you is how can you treat hard water? Well, as Beth explained, truly treating hard water can be a costly and labor intensive process. If you want to permanently soften the water and protect your whole home, I'd recommend getting a professional to fit a filtration system where water enters your house. If you're living in a rented accommodation, this may not be an option. In which instance, there are some quick fix options, such as a fitted activated carbon water filter in jugs directly under a tap within your shower. That is probably the route that I am going to take because I have a rented accommodation. So there you go. Brands like Brita offer a range of tap filtering options while Water Chef and Rain Shower supply in shower options. Fantastic. I love it. So keep in mind that, um, in reality, when, if you are a homeowner and you have the option to do more the cost of an overall filtration system is astronomical. Um, I'll tell you that point blank. It is it is very, very expensive to do a whole system where you have filtered water running through your entire home. But small things like doing a Brita filter on your uh, kitchen sink tap or doing a shower head um, would be a lot better. But there is some maintenance involved. So bear in mind that you are going to have to keep up with that. Bear in mind that you are going to have to um, change out the filter on that shower head t- tap uh, every few months. So that is a that is an investment. That is something that you are going to have to consistently replace and things of that nature. But if it's worth it to you, then fine. If you're not going to do things like that, then I definitely do recommend. As soon as you get out of the bath or the shower, you go ahead and moisturize immediately. Rehydrate that skin, seal in the moisture that you got from your shower, and try to make the most of it. Get more bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's do that. Um <laughs> done. That's the that's the uh the the frugal way of doing it. It's um It's not long lasting results. It's something that you're going to have to do all the time, but what isn't at this point? So I hope that that helps. Um, I also want to just round back around to those brass tacks before we wrap up and just remind you that as you're preparing for the holidays, as you're preparing for everything else, it is important as always, as as I say all the time here at the podcast, it is important that you plan ahead. Things can easily get away from you. And especially since this holiday is probably the first holiday in a while that people are trying to return to some level of normalcy. They might be doing more going out. They might be doing more gathering. So there is going to have to be a lot of more planning in effect. Um, And this is new for the first time in a year and a half or going on two years that we're going to have to do it. So I have to say that some of us might be a little bit out of practice. I know that I certainly am. And I am definitely taking a lot of time trying to plan things so that I don't feel so overwhelmed. It is very overwhelming over here right now. (laughs) But I am planning. I am planning. I do. I plan everything from what I'm going to use in my shower to how I'm going to put together this podcast week to week. I plan my research. I plan my time. I plan my recording schedule, everything, and it helps. It gets me through. So if you're feeling a little overwhelmed, take a little bit of time, Whatever that time of day is, day, night, for me, it's early, early in the morning. When I first wake up, I get myself something to drink. I sit in the quiet. I don't turn on any music. I don't turn on the television. And I just take a moment and put it all together for myself. And I think about what, what, what's required, what, day, what the day holds, what I need to do. What do I need to do later in the week? I pull out the planner. I sit down for a minute. I look at it. And I have to tell you, it's starting to help because I've been scrambling for the last couple of months, trying to get my life back on track now that I've been going back outside to work and it's been difficult. So if any of you are going through that same thing, I just suggest you take a moment to yourself and sit on down. If you have little ones, if it's very loud in your house and you can't, do it like that. I suggest maybe getting up a few minutes earlier so that you could go get in your car and do it, or maybe you can ride over to a coffee shop and do that. I don't know what the whole inside cafe seating situation is where you live, but wherever you can find a quiet place to yourself, I suggest you take it and just take a few minutes. It only will take 10 minutes if you can squeeze 10 minutes out of your life. Do that so that you can plan and that you can move ahead and know what's coming and how to prepare for it and do baby steps, little steps at a, little movements at a time help. If you know that there's something that you have to shop for, take one minute out of your day and write a list. You plan the time that you're going to do that shop and then you do it. Have a playlist ready for yourself. Set it up. Put notes in your phone, like we say all the time, to remind yourself that you have to go do something. So there it is. Ah, yes, I almost forgot. I had some more for you. Um, You know, it has been, it has been nuts, but I remembered, thankfully, and I wanted to add this um, before we get out of here. I got this little nugget from howbeautifullifeis.com. When washing in hard water, skin gets covered in a film of soap scum, which can cause it to dry out and become itchy. Hard water can aggravate skin conditions such as psoriasis, dermatitis, and eczema. We did mention that. And soap scum can block pores and cause acne. We did mention that as well. We did mention blocking pores, but we didn't cause acne, didn't mention acne, which, reminder, as we've talked about before. And we did talk about it on the breakout episode, if you want to go back and listen to that again. Um, Yes, blocked pores definitely lead to acne. So just keep that in mind. Some of the things that you can do are the following. You can reduce the temperature of your shower. We have discussed that and we already know how I feel about that. But hot water can inflame and dry out your skin. You can wash your face with lukewarm or cool water, which I got to say is probably a little bit easier to do um, for me than a bath or shower. Um, It might be a little bit easier for some of you as well. I'll tell you a nice lukewarm face wash will do wonders first thing in the morning, getting you nice and brisk and ready for the day ahead and help wake you up. But if you wash your face at night, that might be a little more difficult but hopefully if your if your bathroom is cozy and warm, maybe it's not so bad. It depends on you. You got to read your environment and see what works for you. Some people go as far as capturing rainwater and using that to rinse their face or using distilled water. So it depends on how committed to this you are. Using a... Uh, Oh, I thought it was (laughs) using a moisturizing body wash instead of soap is also a really, really good choice. They're better at foaming in warmer water and they contain moisturizers to counteract the drying effect of hard water on your skin. Uh, Using a gentle face, uh, sorry, using a gentle soap-free face cleanser um, is a good choice as well. You don't need foamy soap to get a good clean. And I don't know, I believe that we mentioned this before, but a lot of times, a lot of foaming soaps, ones that have a lot of foam, is a result of having sulfates. So sulfates are detergents that help clean things, quote unquote, but they also help to strip things and dry things out. Luckily, some of the newer natural soaps and the newer, more organic soaps do suds up a bit. Um, But you can definitely tell the difference between that kind and a sulfate because it's like the the density of the foam is a lot stronger on ones that do contain sulfates. But as always, do your due diligence and do your research because you're going to find out when you purchase your soap, you can ask if it has sulfates. You can read the, the packaging or go to the website and usually they have their ingredients listed and you can see if it's that. Bear in mind the quote unquote cleaner you get, sometimes the more you are depriving your skin of their of its natural lipids and its natural moisture. So just keep that in mind. Um, alright. Um and again, it just said you don't need foamy soap to get a good clean. Um you want to look for a cleanser that's non-comedogenic, that won't clog your pores and helps to maintain your natural pH balance of your skin. Yes, that part. They're also saying consider consider using an anhydrous cleanser, one that needs no water. So there are, you know, micellar waters. There are other kinds of cleansers that do not require rinsing. You don't have to use water on your face. There are cleansing creams, things of that nature, and you just wipe them off gently. And the the cream that lays behind helps to moisturize the skin. Because I remember when I first started trying cleansing creams, I was concerned that I was going to leave a residue. And then everyone's always going back to the clogged pores com- you know conversation where they're like, oh, if I leave this on my face, if I don't rinse it all the way off, is it going to clog my pores? These creams... Are made with oils that do not clog the pores so that is very important to remember when you're making those choices now they this article says to use face wipes to cleanse your face but if you listen to the wipeout episode you will hear different arguments on the subject regarding face wipes now i have i don't mind using them from time to time but there it's under very specific circumstances and i want you to bear in mind that If you're using face wipes on a regular basis, that could be very aggressive for your skin. And if you have a more sensitive skin type, that could be a problem. So I wouldn't necessarily sign off on the using wipes in place of washing your face. I really, I really, really wouldn't. But I want you to have, I want you to have lots of options and lots of things to think about. And then you can go and do your own due diligence and do your own research and see if that works for you specifically because remember skincare is not a one size fits all thing it is definitely very specific to each of our skin types so know your skin type find out what works best for you talk to your beauty professional and most of all talk to your dermatologist or your esthetician all right right. oh and I also wanted to point out that if you go to a spa you can definitely talk to your spa um do you call them spa workers I don't know what you call them huh I gotta think about that but definitely go talk to whoever you see at the spa to give their advice as well that would probably help you as well um I'm shouting out to some of our spa fabulous spa people hey Brandy hey Bobby Um, all right, where are we at? All right. Yes. Um, also think of using a gentle cleansing, moisturizing toner to avoid and avoid those containing alcohol, which can further dry you out. Um, essential waters, things of that nature. That is also helpful. Um, using a face brush to remove residue sometimes can be good. Um, but I have, I'm. I'm a stickler when it comes to brushing because again, can irritate the skin depending on what you're using, so you might want to look into that. And I think that we might have to do an episode about electrical face brushes and face brushing. Um because it does have its benefits, but it also has its setbacks. So, as always, you need to stay informed. All right. And for those of you struggling with blocked pores, uh, use a gentle scrub scrub once or twice a week to help unclog, but stay away from the granule scrubs as they are a little bit too harsh and they yes they do scratch the skin. Um, instead, a chemical exfoliant or a glycolic with like glycolic or acidic, um, or even enzymatic. Yes, um, and there there are some glycol peel pads and things like that that help with that as well. Um, all right. Oh, and there's also the clay mask, of course. Um, you can use that once or twice a week to help pull soap scum out of your clogged pores. It has, it is packed with beneficial vitamins and minerals. And the mask, when the mask dries, it pulls out the toxins and the excess oil. It gets rid of blackheads and breakouts. It's good for blemishes on the chest and the back as well. Um, a lot of them are clay based. I have to tell you though that those of you who have dry skin, use sparingly and with caution. um, Not always the best for someone with dry skin. I would not say use that twice a week. I would say use that maybe once a month um, every so often if you were feeling particularly clogged. And then you definitely, definitely have to moisturize afterwards. Okay, and speaking of moisturizing, they say always moisturize after washing, but use a moisturizer that won't cause further irritation if you have sensitive skin. Make sure it is non-comedogenic, aka again, what? Won't block pores. All right. Um, If you experience enz- uh, eczema, um, definitely use some sort of salve after you wash. That's for sure. All right, so one more thing before we go want to talk about soap scum um building up on hair so it can definitely build on hair and weigh it down and it can leave it look dull brittle and lifeless and with hard water you will find yourself needing to use more shampoo as the minerals interfere with the product's ability to lather and foam it also causes the scales on your hair shaft to stand up, making it more difficult to rinse clean. Now you may be asking, what are you talking about scales? So it, actually, if you saw the hair follicle up close, you're going to see scales that lay on each other, kind of like shingles on a roof. As you wash, as you use hot water, as you use chemicals, as you you dye the hair, use um, straighten the hair, anything. Those scales, those shingles on your roof follicle, they lift and they don't come back down. You want them to lay as flat as possible so the shaft remains smooth. That's how your hair looks shiny. That's how your hair is easier to comb through and brush through. The more they stand up, think of it like a Velcro effect. It'll stick to your comb and brush, stick to itself, the other hair follicles, and then you will have tangles and you'll have things that, um it'll make everything look dull and fuzzy and when the shing- when the shingles are laying down smooth the light hits it better you your hair looks more lustrous i hope that makes sense i know i was i went off the rails a little bit but i hope that makes sense um it says oh it makes it feel rough fluffy tangled and out of control okay It may also be difficult to style and hold a curl, that part. Furthermore, the soap, scum, and minerals can build up on the scalp and cause a fine powdery type of dandruff. Some types of heavy water can also contain minerals such as iron that slowly tint the hair, causing light-colored hair to become a tinted orange and dark hair to become a coppery red. And for those that dye their hair, hard water can wash the color out quicker. Okay, (laughs) ha ha ha, yes. Shower filters, one more time. Question, do they soften water? There are a lot of shower head filters that market themselves as both water purifiers and softeners, but use carefully because many of them don't actually soften water. For example, the shower filters that use KDF chlorine filters or charcoal filters remove chlorine and iron, but they do not remove calcium or magnesium. That means they do not actually soften your water. To soften the water, you will need a filter that uses salt. These devices also attach to your shower, but they are larger and they require you to replace the salt solution that is responsible for softening the water. Alternately, you can invest in an actual home water softening system, but again, very expensive, labor intensive, etc. So you got some stuff to think about and you got a little homework to do. Additional hair symptoms you may experience from washing your hair in hard water include breakage, thinning, tangles, dry scalp, dullness, brassiness or a green hue, and frizziness. All of the things we hate, all of them. Is there something that you can do? Yes, there is. For starters, you can apply a hair mask. Restore moisture and shine to your locks with a nourishing hair mask at least two times a week. For some of us who have oilier skin, oilier scalps. Maybe cut that down to once a week. Make sure you're massaging well into the scalp and working it through the tips of your hair and leave masks on for a maximum of a minimum of five minutes. You can also soften the hair with a leave-in conditioner. That's one of my favorite choices. You can choose one that has a low pH and this will help to close the cuticles back down, locking the moisture in and the minerals out. Another, a home remedy that you can do is try a citrus and vinegar rinse. To combat the damage from the hard water, you must start at the scalp. You can find that a mixture of water, vinegar, and citrus juice um, is a good natural solution for treatment. Um, Apple cider vinegar is a good option since it lowers the hair's pH and contains hair-healthy vitamins such as B and C. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that'll do it. That will do it. Yes, indeed. Yes, ma'am. All right. Answers and these, um, I think we covered it. I am so glad that I remembered to put that in there because I didn't, I wanted you to have as much as I could. All right. That my friends is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, it was strange for me to talk about the subject of hard water. When I first made the decision to do it, it occurred to me how the little things affect the big ones, and especially with so many things not the way they were, and the crazy learning curve of getting on board with this new normal, it's good to look at things from all kinds of angles, so I hope it helped. I also wanted to cite vogue.co.uk as another piece of my research that I forgot to mention earlier on as always I'm always on the lookout for new subjects and new ways to do things and most of all I'm looking for you to send me your stories and I'm also looking for small business owners and creators to stop by for a chat it's important that we build this community from the ground up, and especially considering all the supply chain issues and things like that, the work of local artists and makers is not stuck on the dock, and is it's the perfect opportunity to shop local and help creators and business owners live out their dreams for a change. Yes. <laughs> um, if you want to know how to reach out, you can do it. In three ways, Instagram, Facebook, or you can go right to the source at beautyreformschool.com. And I also wanted to point out that if you are a little bit too busy right now, if you're a small business owner and hopefully you're getting orders in for the holidays and you're you're getting a business uptick, that's fine. Shoot me a message and we can plan something. For the new year perhaps planning ahead is key after all thank you so much for your listenership and thank you in advance for your listenership in the future and pencils down class is dismissed and I'll see you next week